Welcome back to another edition of the Dump and Chase podcast. This week we're going to touch on Bryson DeChambeau's win at the Northern Trust this past weekend, give a little recap on the tourney. Uh, we're going to touch on week three of the NFL preseason and give our full-fledged college football season preview. We'll have our college football guru on this week. Montreal Canadiens third-string goaltender Charlie Lindgren will be in studio. And we'll touch on our U.S. Open tennis men's and women's preview along with our locked bets and our dump and chase of the week. Jimmy Butler. Here we go. Yeah, that's right. This cut goes out to all y'all that's been missing us for mad years. One love, yo. Yeah, that's right. He's got game. E-E, 1998. If man is the father, the son is the center of the earth. In the middle of the universe. Then why is this verse coming six times rehearsed? Don't freestyle much, but I write them like such. Alright, Evan, welcome back to another episode of the Dump and Chase podcast. Let's jump right into it with golf this past weekend. Uh, all the majors are finished up. We saw the Northern Trust Mutual Golf Tournament with Bryson DeChambeau coming out as a champion. Uh, what did you see from that tournament that you took away from it? Uh, comment on DeChambeau. I know you probably yeah, didn't watch a whole lot of it. I didn't watch a lot of it. To be honest, I didn't watch a single hole. Uh, it wasn't a major, and, and I was kind of busy this weekend. But, uh, yeah, credit to DeChambeau. He's been playing some good golf as of late. Moved up to number one in the FedEx standings. Uh, Tony Finau, solid finish as well. It, it looks like, I don't know, it's getting down to the wire for that for the Ryder Cup picks. We'll touch on that in a few weeks. But those two are, are fighting for the final spot is what it looks like. Uh, but just looking at the recap, DeChambeau shot at 69, two under. Uh, to, to win four-stroke lead, like we mentioned. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it was good weather this weekend in, in New Jersey. Uh, Tiger himself, we'll, we'll touch on Tiger because uh, we got something a little later on that we're going to discuss about him. But, you know, he was – once again, his first round, he, he didn't he didn't break par. Uh, he's been putting pretty poorly as of late, not consistent. Uh, we saw at the – the, the final major, the PGA Championship, where, with his three putt on 17 on Saturday, and actually looking back on it, probably cost him a, a chance to take it. But yeah, overall, I didn't watch a fucking hole. Uh, <laughs> but but what, what were your thoughts? Did you watch any of it? Uh, I watched a little bit Sunday just because I caught it when I got home from the cabin. Um, was up north in Brainerd this weekend. Um, but yeah, kind of a big weekend for DeChambeau coming in. You know, he's trying to lock down one of those final spots for the Ryder Cup. Gave Jim Furyk, captain of the USA team, um, kind of no choice but to take him because I believe he locked up, what, second to last spot. Yeah. Um, another cool stat, he is one of the only players to win an NCAA championship, a U.S. amateur tournament, or U.S. amateur and at least three PGA Tour events before their 25th birthday, joining the list of Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and Jack Nicklaus. So... Pretty good company. Yeah, not bad company to be in. DeChambeau, four strokes over Finau in second place. So there's really no quite. I mean, he had it won by 15th, yeah. 16th hole there. It was kind of a walk away. Um, but I, the one thing I want to touch on is Jim Furyk is the captain. But uh, let's just debate this. Is does somebody with that type of swing, are we? Is should he be allowed to be captain? <laughs> like, I mean, I've seen Benny Freemark with a better swing than that. And we're going to just give Jim Furyk the captainship. We can't bash on Benny Freemark, as we know. Uh, at least maybe you don't know because you were nowhere to be seen Ryder Cup weekends. Really? We're going there? Um, we're but, going yeah, there. Benny actually came up huge for us. And his swing, he hosted Charlie Lindgren, who will actually be on our show later today. So maybe he has some words. I mean, we already had an episode of it, so I don't want to touch on it too much. But I, I won't go into detail about Ben Freemark's swing. Um, if Furyk's swing is anything like Ben Freemark's, 
I look, I would say they have success in the Ryder tournament. So yeah, we'll leave it at that. But um, let's let's give a quick shout out here. Uh, uh, the guests that we're interviewing later on in the show, Chuck Lindgren, as we mentioned, third string goaltender for Montreal, doesn't speak a lick of French, took it in high school. But we're going to give him a quick shout out. We're actually we have a new set. We have two sets: one south of the river, one north of the river. Southwest Minneapolis. Chuck just bought himself a new home, uh, so we're we got a nice little uh, studio nestled down in in the upstairs bedroom right now. Uh, credit him for that. But uh, yeah, we got a, a brand new set that we're opening up, and it's it's pretty good company here for sure. Yeah, it's 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 an exciting time for the podcast, that's for sure. Um, Charlie Lindgren. You know he'll be he'll be rooming up with Benny Freemark and AJ Michelson, two South guys. Um, you know when it comes to golf, so we'll see how that. You know, Charlie being gone for the remainder of the winter up in Montreal. Yeah. Um, but let's just hit back on Deschambault. This is a guy who's just easy to hate. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I don't think very don't like him very much. Um, his style, he wears that vintage sort of throwback golf hat i don't know what that thing's even called but i you know what he's kind of I undercover i undercover kind of like the hat not gonna lie it's different mm. it's unique he's kind of a tool but especially with the long putter uh but yeah i mean he's got a cocky arrogance to him he walks like he owns the place but i mean hey when you win the when you win the tournament you can do whatever you want recently just signed with bentley first north american athlete to do that uh so that's pretty cool have you tried? Have you gone online to try and customize those clubs? No, I haven't at all. Uh, DeChambeau, though, his clubs he uses, he he's this big science nerd. He's got like, I, I want to say every club in his bag is the same size. Which yeah, yeah, size. he's got to be the only guy on tour with that. I mean, when club you're style, when you're hung with about an inch down there, you, you kind of compensate with your golf clubs. So I, it clearly it's working for him. And it, you know, when you're at that level, it doesn't matter, you know, how long you are. Uh, you're still going to get, you know, the best results at the end of the day. All right. Um, some notable guys on the leaderboard we can just touch on. Brooks Kepka tied for eighth. Uh, Adam Scott tied for fifth. Uh, Justin Thomas at the five spots. Dustin Johnson, former number one in the world, tied for 11th. Phil Mickelson for 15th. After that, it kind of falls off a little bit. But, um, yeah, hats off to, to DeChambeau. Um, let's just talk about Tiger a little bit. Yeah, putter sure. was miserable. Right when we thought yeah, he was yeah. kind of, he switched that tailor-made putter. We yeah. thought change for the better. Now there's debate on, you know, does he go back to the Scotty Cameron? Does he stick with the tailor-made putter? I think miserable. I think he's got to stick with what he's got. It was decent at the PGA Championship, not unbelievable by any means, but he made some nice putts. But let's just kind of touch on him. He he's. Striking the ball very well. He's got a good little short game going, but his, his putting is what is costing him these tournaments. And, you know, if it, even if you, you take away the bogeys that he had, he still finishes, you know, tied for 15th. Uh, so he's, his game's not near where it needs to be. But obviously he's going to be a part of the Ryder Cup team. He's going to be able to you you know, make a push that. in the yeah. FedEx down the stretch. He's just got to start. <laughs> He just got to start making putts. And like you said, I don't know if he's going to bring the Scotty back or what he's going to do, but. I don't know, but but it was interesting because today on Twitter he he or you know Sunday he was he was commented on the the Donald Trump thing and and he just said basically whoever's in office you got to respect it you got to respect the the presidency and and people kind of you know there's some backlash about that but for for uh, the sake of the podcast I, I think that basically confirms that he's back off of the course you know he, he's he's probably going to be running for the presidential race in 2020. 
And this is kind of a he's, he's going to kind of fly under the radar here. He's not bashing the president. We saw this with Kanye. Kanye's pushing. I his, was just going to say if it's Kanye versus Tiger Woods. But Kanye's announced, you know, Kanye, Kanye kind of went through this little spell. Could they nobody, be running mates? nobody knows what happened, but Kanye has pushed his running to 2024. Mm. And he met with Trump and it seems like him and Trump are boys. It looked like they got out on Trump National, played a, played a round or two. <laughs> Love to uh, see that. Do you think he had spikes on the bottom of his Yeezys? I don't know. It's, those would sell. Would those not? I'll probably tell you right not. now, I would I would probably buy the Yeezys spiked for golf, but I'll tell you what. We dumped on them last week on style last week. I'm not buying them two fucking sizes too small. No. It's it's a joke. No. But yeah, Tiger Woods, uh our our very own president Donald Trump tweeting he is back, hinting at he's back. We said it. I'm I'm gonna go I'm on the train. I think he is back with Tiger this weekend. Uh, tied for 40th at the the Northern Trust tourney. Um, Not good enough, Tiger. It, it wasn't good enough, and we're gonna see him in the Ryder Cup. I think Cap, he's gonna be a, a voted pick on and be one of the last to add to that roster. Can't lead him off, but let's uh, let's transition now uh, to the NFL preseason week three. Evan, what'd you see out of preseason week three that you liked, didn't like? Yeah, uh, we, we kind of saw some injuries that might affect. I mean, hopefully some of these guys no, you didn't mean, pick up in your early drafts. I don't know if you've had your draft yet. but No, I mean, what I took away is we had a couple of rookies take a step back. Hugh Jackson is trying to cover his ass with with the Cleveland organization, and he's won in, in, in 31 in his last two seasons. He doesn't want to rush Baker Mayfield on the field because if, if they start 0-4, he's likely gone. It looks like. Just from what I've seen, you know, Todd Haley, uh, Dorsey, the GM, everyone doesn't seem to, like, get along with Hugh. They don't like his his antics. Hugh wants to rest a lot of players. And he wants to do this because he wants his team at full health for the regular season because he knows his job is on the line. But he doesn't want to give them a lot of reps in the in the preseason because he doesn't want, to get, want them getting hurt. Uh, but what we saw is Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Uh, some, some It was a scramble play. I thought he snapped his wrist in half. Mm-hmm. And, and the way he ran off the scary. field. But the thing is, Baker hasn't been getting any reps with the ones in practice. So he comes in, and he's playing with the ones, and he looked atrocious. He threw a pick. It was a 5-0 awful game. Speaking of that, Nick Foles for the Eagles looks like shit. He's got Terrible. four turnovers in two games. I don't even know if Carson Wentz is going to be ready to go to week one. But we saw Josh Allen take a step back with Buffalo after having a sharp game last week. I saw some a few, you know – Dallas didn't play any of their starters. They looked like ass. Eight turnovers in that game. It's, Dallas looked terrible. Um, it's been sloppy thus far in the preseason. Uh, Leonard Fournette has got to be moving up in the average draft position with the injury, the season-ending injury for Marquise Lee. Let's let's actually touch on that, though. So Jalen Ramsey, cornerback, we could voice his opinion about the, the quarterbacks last week to GQ or whatever it was, and and he was bashing a lot of them and blah, blah, blah. But he's not wrong. Like, right. the, the media plays him to be his bad guy, and they ask him the question. It's not wrong. But he was saying that a lot of these defensive players are scared to make a tackle up high now. And we're going to see that we're going to see this so much more. Player, they're going to start taking their knees out. This mm-hmm. is what's going to happen. You take away the upper body, the only – it, it blows my mind. that That's an injury that you – you can prevent if you just let him make a football tackle. Like he's not diving at the. It just pisses me off. But my blood is boiling talking about it. I hate it. it it's it's so dumb that NFL needs to to figure out this 
helmet to helmet rule because it's it's actually kind of ruining the preseason and it's it could potentially cost teams in the regular season. We're seeing guys getting fined. The Vikings player actually got he actually got fined for that sack on Blake Bortles. Terrible. I was what was the amount? I didn't uh, see that. I didn't see it. I think it was like twenty eight hundred. It was something stupid, but or twelve twelve grand. I don't know. Twelve grand maybe. It was so dumb. Yeah, it was it was definitely a sloppy week of, of preseason altogether. Um, no real huge blowouts. That Philly Cleveland game was, was a baseball f- score. Was, yeah, a hockey baseball score five zero. When I first saw it, I actually thought it was the Cleveland Indians against the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies. I it was five zero. What what the fuck is that? Terrible. But let's. Uh, what about our own Vikings, man? They they go ahead and wave veteran kicker Kai Forbath. And our new guy, Daniel Carlson, comes out. The Auburn Tiger, who's supposed to be this The product, yeah. Lays an absolute egg out there, man. He, What he missed his first two was 40-yarder, 50-yarder. 46, I believe. And just misses it. And then right before going into halftime, maybe get a little momentum. Not saying you can get momentum in preseason by any means, but misses another one. That was terrible. It was atrocious. We did. We did finish strong. Fourth and fifteen converted for a touchdown, and then the two point conversion with like forty seconds left. Yep, I like that. But, but if that, if that's going to happen in the regular season, we touched on this last week in the podcast. I even said this dude's going to be like, like, oh it. my god, this is I'm going to be the guy. He's going to be nervous, and look what happens. His first game misses two. Like what? Vikes, wake up. Going down the list here, I, I loved what I saw from Lamar Jackson. I, I don't think he's going to be a starter, but. He used his legs. He got out there. He was mobile. He had a rushing yeah. touchdown. He looked explosive. Like he hasn't missed a beat since Louisville. That was sick um, touchdown. Yeah, great, great looking play from him. But was how that, was that? That was Lamar Jackson. Or was it Joe Flacco? Yeah, that, yeah. A little, little spin on that. It electrifying play though for Lamar Jackson. Um, but how about your Giants, man? Big, big contract. I'm for so Odell. happy. Uh, what was it? Five years, ninety-five mil with sixty-five guaranteed. The boy got paid. He is now the highest receiver in the history of the NFL. Um, how, how do you think he's going to take that coming into the season? Is it? I think OBJ is the type of guy that's going to run with it. He's such a high-profile guy. Loves being in the spotlight. You know his voice, his opinion. He wanted to get paid. He uh, was even maybe going to hold out if he didn't get hurt last year, but he came back to prove that he's he's obviously having a sick camp. He has, he's not going to play a preseason minute, hasn't thus far. But I touched on this. I wrote an iSports article, showed up to myself, uh, saying why they need to pay him. This was a few, like a month back. Uh, you, you just look at his numbers when he's on the field, a little bit behind Antonio Brown, but I think when he's when he's healthy, he's he's a game changer. In my opinion, he's the best wide receiver in the game. He's got the best hands. This is so big for the Giants. They needed to do this. Uh, unbelievable contract. I think he's going to have another career year if he can stay healthy. Uh, th- that makes the Giants offense so, so good for the next mm-hmm. five years, whether it's Manning behind the helm, whether they get a new quarterback, whether it's Webb, whatever. Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard on the opposite side, Evan Ingram at tight end, upgraded with Nate Solder on the on the offensive line to help out. Their defense is decent. They're really good two years Evan ago. Evan Ingram, your guy, concussion, though. Yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll be, one. Yeah, he'll be back. Um, Sam Darnold, though. Yeah. Did you he, watch any of the Jets play? He, I did. I did. He was very consistent. I think he was, something like, I don't know, 8 of 15 or something like that. Another touchdown pass to Terrell Pryor, mm-hmm. former Ohio State quarterback. Uh, 
But yeah, I, I said this going back. It looks like Josh Allen will also start, but I said this back when we did our NFL draft podcast that Darnold will be the only rookie quarterback starting in week one, and it looks like it will be that. But they have a controversy with Teddy Bridgewater and, and mm-hmm. McCown. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you think they keep Teddy? Do you think they, they he's got to play this fourth preseason game because they're just trying to showcase him even more, maybe get a pick out of it? Yeah. I, you know what? I hope he does stay on that roster. I like the guy just as an off-the-field great dude. I wish we could have. Sign him in Minnesota. Backup quarterback, yeah, great backup yeah. quarterback. Um, but we'll we'll wrap up the NFL here. A couple other notable performances. Case Keenum, our Vikings guy, who's now in Denver, um, didn't have a terrible outing for for the Broncos. Their defense was kind of pulling it together. Um, but yeah, it was pretty average average week um, for the NFL preseason week three. Yeah, sloppy, but we kind of thought that would be the case and we'll see another sloppy week next week before we dive into the regular season let's move over to the college football scene that is starting up this coming weekend we are going to now jump into our full season college football preview where we welcome on our guru and guest charlie lingren all right we'd like to welcome on charlie lingren to our set chuck thanks for coming on hey guys really uh really appreciate it yeah, so we got Charlie Lindgren here, uh, current third-string goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens. Or second. Or second. So, so, he, so he's self-proclaimed. Uh, love it. Love it. Um, but, uh, don't, yeah. don't forget, we also have our newly hired producer, Ben Freemark, in studio as well. Um, we are at the Minneapolis office tonight. Um, Courtesy of Chuck's new home. Shout out, shout out. Thanks, boys. South, Southwest Minneapolis, right by Lake Harriet. Nice little spot. How you how you settle in? This is your... Second night in the house. Second night, yeah, I uh, I really like it, and um, we moved in yesterday. And what are some details that you really, <clears throat> really like about the house? Um, I like the open floor plan. Yeah, three bedroom. Mm. Uh, most important part is uh, is obviously my roommates, Benny Freemark and AJ Michelson, and location, location, location. Benny, so is Benny, it- hang on, Benny, what do you bring to the house here? What's yeah, you know a good know. attitude? A- yeah, you know I'm gonna bring a great attitude and. Chuck- <laughs> Chuck to be up in Montreal, you know, someone's got to stay back and take care of it. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to take you. on that role. Did he give you some responsibilities? Kind of laid out yep. some. You know, I you know, I agreed to mull on and uh, shovel up the uh, uh, sidewalk out there. So I'll have my hands full, but you know, I'm happy to do it. That's you, do you guys have a contract for for yard work with Minnehaha Nursery? Are they doing all your plantings? And it's all on Benny Freemark. It's all on Benny Haha. Yeah. And if I were to buy any sort of plants, I would love to. We go to Minnehaha. Minnehaha all right, so yeah, this is our college football preview. We got our, our go-to analyst on here, Charlie Lindgren. Uh, I, we know you're a diehard Michigan fan. Uh, right to it, Michigan Notre Dame, biggest rivalry, one of the biggest rivalries in college football. Finally getting one of renewed. the biggest. Yeah. Finally getting renewed, first time in four years. Uh, Chuck, wh- why are you such a big Michigan Wolverine fan? My dad went to Michigan for a cup of coffee. He was there for a few months. Uh, <laughs> goaltender. Goaltender. He was on a hockey scholarship, and uh, things kind of got away from him there, I think, and uh, he went back home. But uh, ever since I was born, I've kind of uh, bled bleed. maize and blue, and I'm yeah. um, very proud of it. So you, you bleed blue. Uh, so obviously I'm assuming you're going to take take Michigan in this one. I'm taking Michigan, no doubt. Um, getting right to the matchup, I think it's going to be low scoring uh, to – very good defense. Yeah, and, two, uh, two of the best in the country. Two of the best in the country, and uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out. It's uh, in Notre Dame, uh, obviously a tough atmosphere there, and um, 
Yeah, it's good. To, it's good to see that rivalry again. Yeah, I mean, just looking historically, the the teams who have the home venue, whether it's in the Big House or it's in South Bend, usually take the cake. Yeah, being you know a home venue for Notre Dame and South Bend, and you're a Michigan fan. Yeah, I personally do like Michigan with with what Jim Harbaugh is doing there. He's getting a lot. Of, he's a lot of a, flag. You kind of grew up as a Michigan fan. A I did. Bit, yeah, man. no, I, I like Michigan a lot. Um, I do want to see them succeed, and and I want them to, you know, to be there at the end, but. I got to go with Notre Dame. Uh, they, they're just too powerful. I like Winbush at, at, as a dual threat quarterback. He gets outside of the pocket, gets a lot of rush yards. He, that's kind of no, what he's known for. Uh, their offense is kind of a little bit inexperienced other than Winbush. Troy Jones is taking over as the, the the number one at running back. Didn't have a lot of carries last year. You look at their, you go down their, their roster, Miles Boykin, outside receiver, Chris Finke, slot receiver, and then Elise Mack, the tight end. But, uh, a lot of inexperience there, not a lot of catches. I, I do think it's going to be a defensive battle, like you said. And, I, I mean, you just – this player is so good. So good, Khalid Kareem, uh, also known as Khalid Karim. But uh, he's so explosive, rushes the passer, can get to the new the new uh, Shea Pedersen. Uh, Pedersen, but, yeah. But, but, I mean, just strictly here, do you want to throw some money on this game? Absolutely. I'd throw some money on it. Yeah, so what what do you want to bet? Do you want to put fifty bucks on it? Fifty bucks, straight up, straight up. 50. Line's looking like right. a negative one uh, for Notre Dame right now. Yeah, a no. lot of the analysts they pick Notre Dame. I, I saw I, last one I saw was Michigan minus one and a half. It's probably going to change once it gets closer to kickoff. But you want to do this on the pod or our first live bet on the pod? Let's do it. Fifty I'm, bucks. I'm all in. Yeah. All right, so I'll take Notre Dame. Jake, who do you got? I got Notre Dame too. So fifty so. a piece uh, to Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll all put right. on 100 for it. But let's kind of – I mean, this is a historic rivalry. Let's kind of just – where, where well, do you, you touched Well, you touched on Notre Dame's offense. I just want to go there. Um, you know, you look at Michigan's offense. They struggled last year. It, yeah. was, a, it was a brutal offense. Um, no doubt. They, they went through three, three quarterbacks. Um, they, couldn't, they couldn't pass the ball. Their whole line is, is inexperienced. Um, it's going to be fun to, to see how this team plays out with Shea Patterson in the pocket. Yeah, so let's piggybacking on that, Shea Patterson, this is Jim Harbaugh's best quarterback he's ever had at Michigan. Yeah. And I know he catches a lot of flack for not winning the big games, but it, it's going to be interesting to see. He had Andrew Luck in college. He basically transformed Colin Kaepernick. He's known once, as a QB whisperer. He, he is. Know. And it's weird that he never had a solid quarterback until now. This will be his, what, fourth year there? Yeah, and Brandon Peters last year, I mean, no offense to him. He was a sophomore. and. Uh, just couldn't get it done. He's yeah. Um, they started off with Wilton Spate last year. <clears throat> he went down with an injury. Um, then John O'Corn went in. He was a fifth-year guy and uh, really struggled. Just couldn't pass the ball. Um, seemed like he really panicked whenever the ball was in his hands. So, as a quarterback, that just can't happen. And um, this year with Shea Patterson, I think there's a lot more confidence in that offense. Yeah, I'm a little nervous to be honest. It's it's hashtag Shea season. Yeah, and uh, he's. He's definitely a spark to that Michigan offense that Jim Harbaugh, like you said, he hasn't had a quarterback in four years that has had sort of the star power he's had. So I think yeah. he's if he can prove in that first game against Notre Dame that he can get the job done and get a huge win yeah. um, on the road week one, that'd, that'd be... And, and I like Michigan running backs too. Um, Tron Higdon, uh, he averaged 6.1 uh, yards per carry last year. Um Really kind of runs like a wounded mule. Uh, <laughs> and 
yeah, I mean, once he gets the ball in his hands, it's uh, he lowers that head and he really just kind of chucks. So, yeah, yeah. Um, um, just do you think, me personally, I think for Jim Harbaugh's legacy here, this has got to be a must win for him. He's not known to, to win the big games. He's yet to beat Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, he's had, you know, hasn't really beat Penn State when he's needed to. Ohio it's, State, he's all for. I, I get that. I get he hasn't won the big game yet. Uh, I still believe in him. I think he's a good. I think he's a good coach. Um, I tuned into that All or Nothing with Michigan documentary from last year, and um, I think he's got a good grip on the locker room, and, and he's definitely someone the coach or the players listen to. So I, I understand. Like you got to see results. Um, we all we all know how competitive Division One football is, and yeah, um, he's got to beat his rivals. I mean, everyone's saying this year. I mean, it's I just heard Chris Carter saying, you know, he's got to do something this year, or else he's done. Yeah, I um, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as he's done. He's I'm not gonna say that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from my perspective, I I think if you know if he has maybe four losses again this year, it's it looks bad, but. Um, I, I wouldn't can him yet. I think he's still – got to have him in there for a couple more years at least. And, um, yeah, you, you got to start seeing, seeing some results. So, What does this game mean for Jim Harbaugh? Last year, Wolverines were fourth in the Big Ten, finished an 8-5 and five overall record. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Is this a must win for uh, Harbaugh and the Wolverines here? I think right now they're on a three-game losing streak. Um, so their backs are against the wall last year against South Carolina in the bowl game. Um, uh, my buddy Garrett Gidlow is down in South Carolina and I was texting him mid game when Michigan was up saying, you know, I was kind of giving it to him. And then, uh, after the game, South Carolina came back and, and won and he gave it right back to me. But, um, it's a must win. He's got to do something here. It's, it's a rivalry game and it, it's the first game of the season. You got to start the season off on the, on the right foot and, and, uh, start off with a win. It's, it's going to be huge for the program and, um, for both Michigan and Notre Dame, you want to start with a win first. Right. Season. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. I mean, no. Yeah. No, but but just looking at this game itself, right? it's yeah. such a high magnitude. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> to start to start the season week one, uh, Harbaugh's <laughs> finally got the quarterback, like we said. But let's touch on you know there's there's star player on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Rashan Jerry, uh, Rashawn Gary. Yeah. yeah he uh, he's an absolute animal. I mean, he's an he, animal. He was yeah. almost committed to Clemson. Uh, Clemson. I don't, I don't know what. Yeah. Uh, Harbaugh did to get him. Maybe, well, it's maybe, it, was, maybe it was I mean, maybe recruits. it was illegal. You know, maybe he sleeps wasn't. over with his, his recruits and it's, yeah. a jo- it's a Jordan uniforms. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Rashad Gary is he's arguably the best player on all of Michigan's roster. Uh, he's going to be a future top five pick in the NFL draft, no doubt about it. Uh, he's a guy that gets to the quarterback. He's he plays mean. He plays physical, and um, you know his. Uh, the guy lined up on the, on the other side of the line is Chase Winovich, who's coming back for a fifth year, and um, they say they're the top duo in all of college football. So, yeah. um, and then you got Devin Bush lined up at middle linebacker, who's an absolute animal, a freak athlete, and and a guy that had a lot of success last year. And um, I actually think he was a an All American last year. Don't get I think I'm right about that. Yeah, but, no, um, I mean you're a guru. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. You know, yeah, whatever no, you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but uh, I think I think what it comes down to is going to be defensive battle. But who's going to win the special teams and the turnovers? You know, who's going to limit their turnovers? Got to limit the turnovers. Who's going to have better field position? Yeah. It's going to come down to special teams and and you know the turnover the turnover battle. But like we said, historic rivalry. Where do you think this ranks 
this ranks amongst the top rivalries in college football. You know, you have you got Auburn, Alabama, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. Uh, can you can you throw Alabama Clemson in there now? You probably could. It might point. be a, four, yeah. a, a forthcoming yeah. here this right? year. I mean, it's Alabama Clemson's kind of more like the uh, the Patriots and, and the Steelers in a way. But where do you see this rivalry, the Michigan it's, Notre Dame? I think it's the top ten rivalry in all of college football. I mean, it's um, two story story organizations, and um, I think they've had forty two meetings, if uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Michigan right now holds a series lead, but um, Notre Dame, I think, won the last game against Michigan, they did. I believe. Um, yeah, it was in South Bend, so obviously home field advantage comes into, into play. Yeah. But do you think either team can afford a loss here? Uh, you know, We all know how competitive that college football playoff is. Right? I mean, they, um, it's tough to get in there with, with more than two losses. Um, so starting off the season 0-1, it's, it's, it's tough to kind of – Get on your heels, right? Um, right, but but I mean, hey, hey, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 yeah. not how you start; it's how, it's how you finish, right? We've seen uh, we saw Ohio State back in twenty fourteen. Their their go to quarterback went down with an injury. J T. Barrett comes in, snaps his ankle, or well, he comes in. They they lose it at home against Virginia Tech, close one. But but then you know, right? He, yeah. he, you know, he comes back. He he battles through adversity. And then snaps his ankle in half against Michigan in the season finale, you know, and then mm-hmm. and then uh, Cardale Jones comes in and lights the lamp, and you know the rest is history. They go on to win a natty. So I mean, that's not the way you want to do it, though. You don't want to draw it up that way. No, you no. know, you want to stay healthy, right? Um, right. That's <laughs> that's you know that's in any sport. I mean, you gotta you gotta have a healthy team. It's but it's tough to kind of get in that second, third. Um, group of your organization. I mean, you want it, you want your first teamers out there, right? So let's just quickly touch on it because it's a pretty big thing going on in the college football world. But scandals seem to be mm, a huge issue yeah, all across yeah. the board. You know, you had a player, RIP at Maryland, go down, uh, heat fatigue, maybe some other stuff there, and coach on the hot seat there. You saw Penn State with Jerry Sandusky back, you know, a couple of years ago, put that put that uh, organization in turmoil and. And now you have Urban Meyer uh, with what what's going on with the wide receivers coach, and you know, do you think he should have been fired? Do you think do you think Urban, you know, the three three game is a bit steep? Do you think it's not enough? <clears throat> Listen, um, about the suspension. I mean, it's it, it's a three gamer. Um, it's one of those. It's one of those things where it's like it's it's an all or nothing. I mean, it's. Was he was he part of the problem or was he part of the solution? Three games, um, I think they're playing three cookies to start up. What does it What does it prove? I mean, that's. Um, do you think Do you think Do you think it was harsh enough? I mean, no. I, I mean, I don't. Was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the depths of of what happened necessarily. But um, listen, it's three games. You either can them. I, I get it. It's Urban Meyer. It's one right. of the legendary coaches in college Couple football. Natties. It's tough to get rid of them. But, but we saw um, we saw this behavior in Florida, you know. It's, yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a trend we've seen it with Urban Meyer. It's it's nothing new. But uh, he does have memory loss, you know. Like, well, that's uh, it, it, that leads me to believe that yeah. that leads me to believe when, when they lost to Michigan State, when you know they had a chance to 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 go on to the college football playoff, and you know Ezekiel Elliott didn't uh, didn't really get any carries that game. <laughs> so <laughs> does the memory loss affect him in that way? You know, it's it, he's not going to be on the sidelines for week one. 
He can Do coach. He can coach the players. He can coach his players. Will this affect the players yet? Do you think this is going to affect think... the team the first three weeks of the season? See, we'll dive. We'll dive into this a little bit later because the Big Ten is is pretty powerful right now. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, what, what does a coach really do? You know, you got your coordinators. He gets them prepared. But when they're in game, you know, he, he may – he's got the, the little red towel he can throw, you know, for challenges and, and whatnot. But you got your coordinators. They're calling plays. And, you know, he's kind of a, you know, a sideline monitor, if you will. But uh, – I feel like a lot of that stuff, though. You know, I mean, a lot, I, of the, the, uh, a lot of the plays, I feel like, go through Urban Meyer. Um, that's just what I think probably happens. I mean um, – just look at what is what his resume. I mean, guys are going to listen to him. He obviously has has proven to to be a winner at um, at the college level. So it, it could have an effect on on the team this year. I, I guess we'll this, we'll find out. This is I really I really what I like about Urban Meyer is he came out and he owned it. Uh, he admitted he's wrong. Did you know, he own it though? Really? I, I mean, I don't did. I don't know if he really I, owned it. I, I think he did, and it's not it's no on the other end of things. You look at a guy like Pete Carroll. Okay. Go back to the USC Texas National Championship game. Epic. Uh, Epoch. For final sure, play. Yeah. Going for it on fourth down. He's got Reggie Bush on the sideline. Turnover. Vince Young marches down the field, wins the game. You know, forgive and forget. <laughs> no, Pete Carroll. Patriots. Yeah, you're right. Third and two. Yeah. Third and it's, goal. Yeah. Well, you got first and goal from about the throws three. throws a pass. Intercepted. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Forgive and forget. Urban Meyer. I think he. I think he's going to move on from this and and wear it in a sense and and uh, going on with that note uh talking about ohio state i'd like to thank the dump and chase sponsor and uh the dump and chase pod for sending me the producer down to the uh ohio state or oregon state game on saturday i'll be doing some first-hand reporting um at the game um getting some intel on what the team's like without urban meyer um shout out to the sponsor sea geek for hooking us up with uh some sweet tickets um promo code d-u-m-p dump on the site. that's why we got you benny that's why we that's, got your that's not scared to get in the dirty areas and go out and put yourself out there and you know produce and provide content for the show and you know I'll report back some some good information on the game but um just excited for the opportunity that's You're great unbelievable, that's man. great uh Chuck let's kind of transition here I know we touch a lot on you know this independent matchup non conference Notre Dame Michigan but let's kind of go through the Power Six conferences here uh who who do you think takes the cake in the Big Ten. Same, same with the Big Ten here. Do you think it's Michigan? Is it going to be Ohio State? Is there is there Wisconsin's the, right now the favorite? Who do you think takes the cake here? I'd say Michigan. Um, so you're going Michigan? Yeah, I got Big Ten. And, yeah. um, you know, Ohio State's going to be there at the end of the year. Um, a Wisconsin team coached by Paul Christ, they're going to be there at the end of the year. You know, yeah. Um, but I, I got all hands on deck with Michigan this year. I think they're going to win the Big Ten. I think they're going to get into the CFP. Okay. I, I, I respect that. That's a great pick. Um, a little bit of an underdog, a little bit of a reach. But, little, you know. Well, hey, I mean, you got to have faith in your boys. And, and I do. I think this is their year. And, and I, I think, you know, the last time that, that Harbaugh had a meaningful game against Ohio State, he was a, a one one bad spot against winning the game. You know, it was a horrible Horrible fourth down call. It makes but me sick still thinking about it. I just saw it on TV the other day again. And, it's it's a joke. Uh, the refs got was, that one wrong. It was in the shoe too. But but Ock, transition here. Who who do you have winning the Big Ten? Um, you know what? I think Michigan's gonna fall just because I gotta ride the Notre Dame train. Uh, but I do think Michigan will bounce back and take the Big Ten East. They had a young young defense last year, but filled with talent. Um, I think that's gonna be you know. My dad said it growing up, defense wins championships, and, yeah. you know, they're, they're bouncing back. They got some experience now. 
Yeah. Um, but I think they're going to have to face Wisconsin at some point in the year, and I, I think I'm going to go with Wisconsin uh, taking the Big Ten. Nice. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to stick with that. I think Wisconsin's so powerful. The best offensive line in college football. Another Heisman favorite, in Jordan Taylor at running back. So good, man. Probably, the way he plays, you know, the they just consistently breed yeah. pocket passer. Uh, Jordan Taylor at running back uh, could win the Heisman. Got all the potential there. Going to be a first round draft pick next year. Their defense is pretty pretty steady. You know what you're going to get from them, but but you know at the end of the day, I, I see Wisconsin winning the Big Ten West, and then you know on on the East side. It's such a toss-up. You don't know how what you're going to get from Ohio State, you know, with all this turmoil. I don't know what you're going to get from Penn State. Michigan and that, Barkley gone. I mean, yeah, you're 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 taking my my pick right there. Not necessarily taking it, but I have Penn State winning the Big Ten East. Oh, you do? Yeah, they Trace McSorley, Trace, Trace McSorley, one of the, one of the best quarterbacks in the game today. Going to be a great pro. Uh, just what you they've think done. so, even with that size. You know, we saw Baker Matfield t- get taken first overall this year, uh, undersized quarterback. But I, I think Trask can he can come in and he can sling it deep, and and th- they're just so good sound. They don't do anything yeah. wrong. MC, it's, gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough shoes to fill with Saquon gone, but I mean, I, I see them taking the East. And I'm surprised Wisconsin no taking the West, and I'm taking I'm taking Wisconsin to win the Big Ten. It's it's gonna be a close game, but I got Wisco. No it's, one's it's, talking about Michigan State at all. I just don't see it, man. The, the, the East is so dominant. They're going to beat each other up. and Everyone likes that quarterback over there in the Werky. Uh, At all. And yeah. I think uh, he's the real deal over there. So, All right, well, that's a big 10. Let's move on to the Big 12. Uh, Baker Matfield's gone from Oklahoma. How about Kyler Murray, though? Kyle Murray's – it'll be interesting to see. Can he shoot, can he fill the shoes of the, of the Heisman of 2017? You got TCU's coming as a ranked opponent. Texas is going to be good. Hopefully, they're going to be good. I'd like to see Texas come back. Don't sleep on Bill Greer in West Virginia, quarterback, hey. senior. Big Greer, arm out Greer there. Is, is he a fifth-year guy, isn't he? he? I think he's a redshirt senior. You know, he transferred from Florida. Yeah. He got caught a little bit with uh, doing a little performance enhancers. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is yeah. Bill Greer, uh, brother of Nash and uh, – Yes, um, yes, yes. Nash Greer, the, the yeah. Vine famous star. Correct, yeah. correct. The Benny, that's why we got you here. But yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be such a hard pick. Uh, Chuck, who do you who do you see I'm going? I'm gonna go Chuck? Oklahoma. I think Murray's gonna step in. Uh, like you said, it's it's big shoes to fill. But um, <clears throat> with Kyler Murray being uh, drafted by the Oakland A's, oh, he's and, getting paid, and he's already um, you know kind of said that he's gonna go to the MLB. You think his heart's gonna be in it this season? Um, does he want to leave Oklahoma on top? Um, what do you think is gonna? I think so. Look at it. I mean, he's playing for Oklahoma, one of the premier college football teams. Spotlight's on him. I mean, what, what's he going to do with it? I guess we'll find out, right? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going to take West Virginia ousting Oklahoma and the Sooners. I think that they're going to win their, their season finale in Morgantown. Uh, I think it's going to be an offensive battle, high-scoring game. Um, then they'll see each other again in the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm gonna say West Virginia wins two straight there. Okay, takes out Oklahoma. I, I'm gonna kind of go a different direction. I just think what Lincoln Riley's done with that program with Oklahoma, he's turning around with, with Bob Stoops not being able to get the job done. But you know they got they got this David Sills guy. I don't know if you all remember this, but he was actually when Lane Kiffin was in USC, he was that 13 year old commit, the quarterback commit that Lane Kiffin he committed a kid as a 13 year old. He's in fucking middle school here, and this kid was supposed to be the next whatever, but, you know, you, you don't commit kids that young. So he ended up transferring from USC. Actually, they decommitted him. He went to West Virginia, and now he's one of the top receivers in the nation right now. What? David Sills. Really? Um, but 
the connection with Greer and Sills, it's going to be, you know, far none. I, I, I have those two going toe-to-toe. They meet up in Morgantown. I actually have West Virginia beating them in Morgantown, but I have, you know, Riley surrounding the, cho- surrounding the troops, getting them back and dialed in, and, and with Murray at the helm, it's, it's hard for me to go against Oklahoma in that, in that Big yeah. 12 title game. I'm going with Agreed. Oklahoma. Yeah. But uh, let's kind of transition here to the, to the Pac-12. I was just going to say another thing about the Big 12. Uh, I was going to ask about um, – I know Jake was really high on uh, Texas Tech quarterback Jet Duffy. Um, I wanted to know if you, uh, what, you saw, what you saw out of Texas Tech. Texas hey. Tech is one of the best offensive minds in the game. You saw what they did with Patty Mahomes. Uh, turned him into an absolute stud. Uh, but, you know, they've had some good players back in the day. Michael Crabtree. They know how to get it done offensively. They're that team that's going to throw 70 on you, but they're also going to give up 80. So no defense. There's no defense in the in the Pac-12 or in the Big 12. But yeah, Ock, uh, interesting to hear what you got from Duffy over there. Yeah, I like I love Jeff Duffy out of Texas Tech. Um, few people can say they go to work, but I think results have shown that this guy, you know, offseason changed up his mechanics a little bit. Um, he's going to come back and provide a spark in Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. Jet Duffy. High on him, picked him, and as you know, I'm picking him as one of my dark horses for the season. A uh, little bit undersized, like you said, but so is Johnny Manziel, so is Baker Mayfield, two Heisman winners. Yeah, keep an eye on this guy. He's got legs. He's mobile. Um, I, I really like this guy. Please don't sleep on him. We're, we're going to revisit this in a couple months. Um, but Jet Duffy, I think, will be the truth this year um, in the ACC. Okay, let's. <laughs> All right, let's transition here. Pac-12. Uh, Washington seems to be the consensus favorite here. Uh, they got a tough matchup with Auburn to start the week down in uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. But I I just don't think that they're going to win it. I think USC's still got a, a solid core down there. The freshman uh, quarterback? I Yeah, I mean. I think he's a true freshman quarterback. You got faith in that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, Khalil Tate at Arizona, another Strong quarterback that could sling it and make some noise, but how about Arizona State? Stanford, you got Arizona State, you got Washington State. It's actually not going to be a walk like everybody thinks. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns and say USC repeats in, in that one. Um, I don't know who you guys got, like Guru. Who do you have? I'm going Washington. I think they got all, that. Pick. I think they got all the pieces this year. Um, they're ranked five or six in the AP poll. Um, Dual threat quarterback Jack Browning. Yeah, I think he's going to be outstanding. He uh, he's he could have left. He could have left for the NFL draft, but decided to stay. I think maybe he saw he probably wasn't going to be a, a first rounder with. The or hey, did goal. he want to chase national title contention? I don't I know. Mean, yeah, I, I think that's the part of it. I think he knows what, in school. I think you know, he knows what Washington has in that locker right now. He's got all the faith in his boys, and uh, I got Washington winning this conference. Are you he, confident with uh, Washington in that first game against Auburn? I know the scheduling didn't really play in their favor in that first game. They got the game in Atlanta against Auburn on Saturday. What are your thoughts on it's, that game? It's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a quarterback matchup. I actually love Stidham down in Auburn. Uh, he really did a great job in turning that program around. and uh, I think he's only a sophomore this year maybe. and He's also going to be a, a future top 10 quarterback pick in the NFL draft. And Fair to say you got Washington in that game though? Um, it's going to be a tight one. I think, uh, I'm going to have, have Washington by Nolis. I think it's going to be deciding the field goal in the last second of the game. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a fun one to watch and, uh, Stanford versus Browning. It's going to be, 
one of those epic college quarterback battles. Yeah, Browning coming out in an interview saying uh, he told a reporter that I don't know if he's trying to throw Auburn off. He said, "Keep an eye out. We might just run a triple option every single play." Ooh. Okay. Could we yeah. see? Well, cool. Shake cool. And bake. That's really cool. <laughs> I love that. Uh, he keeps them on their toes. Uh, I don't think Auburn's D, their practice team, their their starters have seen a, a mobile quarterback and dual threat since Cam Newton. So this could be something uh, that could test this Auburn Tiger in defense. Okay, I like those. Uh, quickly, we'll do ACC. Uh, I don't know. Does anyone have anyone other than Clemson? I know DeAndre yeah, yeah, Francois is coming back for Florida no, State. Yeah, it's no. I, it's Clemson's conference to win. They're, they're just so dominant it, offensively and defensively. Well, let's kind of. I, I, I like this this Trevor Lawrence freshman quarterback. Is That's he is he, is he going to beat out Kelly Bryant? Mm, maybe not week one or week two, but if he struggles and and they're barely winning, look for this kid to come in. He's he's shown what he can do in spring ball, and he's had a pretty good camp so far. He's he's the next the next big thing, and who knows? Look for that. That's a storyline to watch. He's said to have one of the biggest arms in college football already. Um, I think we've seen that already in some of the tape that we've watched. Uh, yeah, Kelly Bryant's probably going to end up starting week one, but he knows that uh, Lawrence is breathing down his neck. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jake, you got Clemson as well. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on Trevor Lawrence, uh, QB out of Clemson. Uh, early favorite for the Q, uh, the freshman of the year. Um, also, A.J. Dillon, Boston College, ACC preseason player of the year, offensive player of the year. Yeah. Another guy that can run the ball, downhill runner, physical, um, shifty as well. But Clemson's just going to be too much yeah. for everyone else in the conference. You can't conference. sleep on uh, Boston College. They got you know quarterback E.J. Perry and uh, what he brings to the team. Uh, like a, a lot of people are calling him the next coming of Matt Ryan, Doug Flutie. Um, okay, yeah, a couple of Boston College great. Yeah, cool. Will, will Boston College beat? A Miami, Clemson, Floss State. You know, it'd be stupid to think that, but uh, I, I, don't know, I see Boston College taking some good strides this season. All right, well, that's pretty much a lock for ACC. SEC, I got Bama, 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 Georgia question. in the final. What I, Nick Sabana's done down there? It's it's been outstanding. I mean, he's he's seriously he's just shitting out players left yeah, and right. It's, it's, it's and he hates when people tell him that. Um, but it's look at the look at the facts. It's the truth and. Um, it's Alabama. I think they're obviously national title favorite for a reason. And um, who do you who do you think starts? Tua Tauve or uh, Jalen Hurts? I think I think Tua Tagovailoa is uh, is is probably going to start in week one. <laughs> yeah, where as of right now, they're they're going to both be going. I think they're going to just switch well, off series yeah. like we saw with Carvel yeah. and JT Barrett. But uh, I I just think. Once once week three hits, to attack a Levane is gonna <laughs> definitely take over the, the the reins as QB and and I, he, he could I even be a high surprise. Listen, listen, the I wouldn't be surprised. Say. I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Hurts is is gonna be more of a wildcat uh, situation. They're gonna put him in a situation where he's gonna be running the ball. Yeah, did he get better at throwing the ball throughout the last year? Yeah, he did. Um, but two is the guy that can. Two is the guy with the arm down there. Jalen's the guy that's gonna uh, that can run through tackles and. And uh, and run the ball hard. So uh, yeah, I mean, you look at Tua Tagovailoa-Radiovich. Um, he did suffer an injury the first day of spring ball, so we look for him to be healthy uh, week one. But Jalen Hurts is, uh, I mean, it, it's a toss-up at quarterback. Just yeah. after seeing last year how that finished out, it's always a quarterback controversy down in Alabama. It's, yeah, it's always been like that. I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy. But let's go to that Power Six conference here, the Mountain West. 
you know, they got some solid teams. We already saw a big season kickoff last last Saturday, and Colorado State lost a, a shootout to Hawaii. But Chuck Guru, who do you have taking the Mountain West? It's going to come down to Wyoming and Boise State, I think, in that conference. Um, I think Wyoming's a team that um, we just saw Josh Allen get drafted first round. Buffalo's going to send him back to college this year, and uh, I think it, it really sets up Wyoming, um, puts him in a good spot. He's a he's a guy with a big arm, uh, had a lot of success last year, and uh, yeah, I think Buffalo made the right decision to send him back to college for one more year and, and get a little bit more experience, and um I got Wyoming. Yeah, I, I think when they when Buffalo decided to send him back down, uh, he was kind of underperforming. They were he was on basically an ATO, and this is basically a redshirt year where they're letting him replay college again, and and he's just going to bully the, the the rest of the Mountain West. Do you think he increases his stats? Do you think he do you think he's able to win the Heisman with this with this? We've never seen it before, but we have a, a NFL draftee. Top ten pick getting sent back to college. How do you think that's going to play out? It's going to help them. I mean, it's. Um, I like to always say experience is is the best thing someone can have. And uh, going back to college, um, it's going to <clears throat> going back to college. It's going to be. Uh, it's only going to help them, and um, I think it sets them. Like I said, it's going to set them up for a pretty outstanding season down there. And obviously, a Heisman favorite. Yeah, I think undoubtedly uh, Wyoming's the clear favorite this year they're going to face a tough Boise State team but like you guys said Josh Allen returning to that Wyoming team is is going to just be the spark they need to reignite that offense and um, you know Josh Allen played with the big boys for a little bit and I think it's only be we're going to see a lot more upside to this game definitely in 2018 and uh, hopefully it sets them up for a good 2019 pro debut potentially but um, this team goes undefeated. I know they're snipped from the playoff last year, but look for them. Their, their strength schedule is not. It's not great. It's, it's not great. Really yeah, it's really brutal. That's yeah. Long West. Advantage yeah, for Josh Allen. Yeah. yeah, it's a guy that was like you said. He was playing against uh, some of those NFL guys up there at, at camp and got sent back down. So he still got the uh, Buffalo still owns his rights. So yeah, he's got the the GM and the coach breathing down his neck at Buffalo. So. They're going to want him to perform here in Wyoming. Well, yeah. I'm sure that Buffalo coach, too. Uh, I'm sure he was fun in when he saw AJ McCarron go down in preseason. And, um, right yeah, after, they, right like, after they sent back I, down. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Petterman's going to be starting in Buffalo and with Allen back at Wyoming and McCarron on the IR. But, uh, yeah, let's kind of dive in now to the uh, individual awards. Uh, this one's going to be, you know, who's going to win the Heisman in 2018. We saw Baker win it last year. Prolific quarterback, but. For me personally, I think it's a bit of a dark horse, but I think Trevor Lawrence, the freshman at Clemson, uh, dude's got an unbelievable arm, probably the ugliest guy in all of college football, long hair, don't fucking care, one bit. Uh, I think he's going to steal the job from Kelly Bryant, and it'll be interesting. Can a guy who didn't start in the first few weeks win a Heisman? Hmm, probably not, but but that's why he's a dark horse, right? And, and, and that's why he's my pick to win the Heisman in 2018. If he gets in for a few games and shows what he can do, it's it reminds me of the, the flow he's got is like Brady asking 07 when he set all those records in the NFL. A lot uglier though, eh? A lot fucking uglier. Yeah. Like this kid is not even GQ JV. This kid is, you know, he's I, one I of the even, ugliest guys in college football. Yeah, and and he's got a lot going for him with his skill. Uh, the long hair definitely, you know, puts the icing on the cake. But but you know, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be. 
the Heisman in 2018 for Clemson? I'm going to take Willie Greer, um, a guy coming back. Uh, it seems like he's 26 by now. He has a kid. I think he has a wife, actually. He's a guy that's – I think he's moved off campus. He's kind of away from that party scene. and uh, He's going to kind of keep his nose clean. I think he's, he's all about football now. He wants to have a good season so he can support his family and, and get, you know, taken high in the, in the NFL draft. So I think it's going to be his uh, his trophy to lose this year. I think Willie Greer is going to be a guy that uh, week in, week out, he's going to be standing out, and um, he's, he's my Heisman favorite. Uh, I'm taking Bryce Love out of Stanford. Um, this team, you look at their past, Toby Gerhardt, elite. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, another elite back. Uh, this team breeds backs. You got guys saying the Heisman Trophy is no longer a running back trophy to win. Uh, they got guys saying, you know what, he plays on the West Coast. Uh, Stanford's not going to see too much TV time. You know, will they even contend for a national championship? I'm not buying into any of it. This guy got snipped from the Heisman last year. He would have had my vote over Baker. This guy's explosive out of the backfield, and he's a threat from literally anywhere on the field. I, I love Bryce Love, and he's he's my early favorite to win the Heisman. I'll I'll do a quick dark horse too. Uh, Abby mentioned uh, freshman quarterback Trevor Lawrence. I'm gonna mention freshman walk-on quarterback Zach Anikstead from. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna mention Zach Anikstead from the Minnesota Gophers. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that kind of steps right in, uh, 18-year-old guy. I think he's going to play like he's 27 this year and, and really lead the charge for the Maroon and Gold. As a 27-year-old, do you think he, he's going to play like Brandon Whedon did back in the day when, he, when the 33-year-old took, took the field for Oklahoma State? Uh, I think it's we're going to see very similar characteristics yeah. to a Brandon Whedon. Okay. I like that. Uh, coach of the year, uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't think of anyone but Chris in Wisconsin. What he's done the last three years there, only four total losses, uh, undefeated at Wisconsin in bowl games. I think this is the year they get over the hump and, you know, make the college football playoff. And he's got the talent to do so. And and I think, you know, it's it's his it's his award to lose. So I'm going to take Chris at uh, Wisconsin. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Paul, Paul Chris from Wisconsin, a uh, guy that's undefeated in bowl games. Got a loaded, loaded roster in Wisconsin and uh, – uh, just a guy that's he, he stepped into Wisconsin. He's really kind of turned that organization around. So um, not a lot of guys are picking him. But I'm going to pick Paul Christ. Yeah, I, I really like where you guys' heads are at. Um, I'm going to say my pick is just going to oust John Harbaugh out of Michigan. Um, but I'm going to go Paul Christ. I, I really like that Wisconsin team this year. He's going to he's going to lead that Wisconsin Badger team uh, to some greatness this year. You know what? He's he's got a loaded loaded offensive team and defensive team you know he's undefeated in bowl games and realistically i think this is his award to lose so i'm going paul christ you know i'm going to piggyback on that topic of just staying in the big 10 um initially one of my first thoughts was uh the penn state powerhouse coached by uh joe paterno um with you know his assistant jerry sandus i think that they will uh lead trace mcsorley and penn state to have a great season but um it's hard not to pick jerry kill out of minnesota as well I think that he will really uh, push Zach Anikstead to be the best that he could be, but uh, ultimately I'm going to have to end up sticking with my gut here and going with uh, Paul Chris from Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) I love these picks. I mean, it it seems like it's his award to lose at this point. Um, I I like those other options that that are swirling around the Big Ten, and especially at Penn State, but 
Uh, defensive player of the year, does, does anyone have anyone other than Ed Oliver out of Houston? Absolutely not. He has a man freak, uh, future first overall pick. Uh, he's just a beast. He overpowers everyone he signed up against. And uh, Ed Oliver is my easy defensive player of the year pick. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and pick uh, Houston D-tackle Ed Oliver. Um, guy is a 6'3 machine. Uh, he's sacked Baker Mayfield about seven times in one night. And I, I think he's just – he's the clear defensive player of the year in my eyes. Yeah, that, that's a great pick. Um, but let's kind of move here. Who do you think – Chuck, the team most likely to fall outside of the top 15, a team that maybe everyone thinks is going to finish strong and have a potential at the college football playoff. Do you see a team that's sitting inside the top 15 that's probably going to be, you know, tail end of the top 25, maybe not even Well, right now, they're ranked right at 15. It's USC, and I know I touched on it earlier. I just don't think they're going to have it this year. Uh, True freshman quarterback coming in. Um, I just don't see great success coming out of that, and that's my team to fall. Uh, out of the top 15 early and often. Yeah, that, that's a solid pick. Uh, I think for me personally, I think it's going to be Georgia. I know everybody is high on this team. And what Kirby Smart's done there, what they did last year, you know, a, a possession away from winning the national championship. Everyone's got them going to their college football playoff. But it's just so hard to do what you did a season ago. All the pieces fell. They lost some key players to the NFL draft, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I know Kirby Smart's got some good recruits coming in, but I don't necessarily see them falling outside of the top 15, but I just don't see them falling inside of the top four, and, and they could eventually even push themselves outside don't of the top 10, especially with, with Auburn and, and some other top teams down in the SEC. Don't you think Fromm will take another step this year, though? I think he could take another step, but – you know, there's just so much the talent. Poise there's just I mean, so much talent. There's just, there's just so much talent in the SEC right now. You know, and you can't forget about the five-star walk-on Justin Fields that they brought in. He's going to be a very big threat to take the starting role from Jake Brown. Exactly. You know, you got these freshmen coming in, and they're just slinging it like, like it's high school again, and. You know, I, I can see Fromm taking a step backward. Even you know, always saw it with Brady Quinn. He was a Heisman favorite, and. Notre Dame about a decade ago and and I see Georgia falling outside of my top top 10 and and you know right on the cusp line but they're not gonna make the college football playoff yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off you Evan I think the team to fall out of the top 15 um is gonna be USC you know last year losing Matt Leinart and Sam Darnold I think they're just not the team they used to be um USC was a staple in the college football world and they, they were the top team for years and I I just don't see them you know pushing back and I think they're going to be the, the team for me to fall out of that top 15 spot. All right. Well, boys, you know, it's been great, but let's kind of touch on why we're here. Who's going to be in your guys' final four college football playoff teams, and who do you have taking the cake? I got Georgia. I got Clemson. I got Alabama. And I got Michigan. I like that. I got Michigan and Alabama in the final. I got Michigan coming out on top. Go wow. Blue. Wow. Go blue. Go blue. Woo-hoo. Go blue. Woo. Woo. Uh, for me, I'm going to go a little different route here. You know, you got I'm going to go Clemson. I'm going to go Alabama. I'm going to go Wisconsin, and I'm going to go Notre Dame. I, I just think you know if you're going to ride the wave, Notre Dame. If they can get past Michigan, which I think they do, they could potentially have you know one more loss, just not an ugly one, and, and they could still slip in. You know, they got a pretty pretty decent schedule, a couple of tough opponents, but. You know they're they're gonna slide in at four, I believe, and 
you know, in the final, it, it's going to be, it's going to be Clemson, Alabama. And, you know, I, I actually have with, uh, with Trevor Lawrence taking over at the helm, I'm going to have them upsetting Alabama for the national championship. So Clemson roll Tigers. Woo! All right. Like those picks I'm going for my top four final college football teams. I'm taking Alabama roll tide. I'm taking Clemson. Auburn, War Eagle, and I'm going Dark Horse, undefeated team to make it Central Florida Knights. Oh, wow. Yeah. Someone did it. Do you think they're going to get that second banner as many years without, you know, Shaquem Griffin? And Frost off the helm. Uh, I don't know. There's some in the water down in Central Florida, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's Gators. I, yeah, I don't know. It might be the Gators, uh, the Crocodilies, but I'm, I'm saying that they go undefeated this year and, and sneak into the playoff and make some shit happen, make some noise down there. Well, I mean, you've heard it here first. This is our, our 2018 college football preview. Uh, we'd like to welcome, or we'd like to personally thank our, our college football guru, Charlie Lindgren, a.k.a. Paul Finnebaum, or Kurt Herbstreit, uh, for, for joining us on set today and in, in the welcomeness of his home and our new studio in uh, South Minneapolis, as well as Benny Freemark, our new producer. And uh, it's just been, you know, it's been a pleasure having you guys on. Thanks for coming. Thanks a lot, boys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> That interview is brought to you by Spirit Airlines. Are you looking for a quick getaway, trying to leave this second? Well, Spirit Airlines has tickets under $9. You can fly from here to New York with only eight stops in between. Not only do you get to check a bag for 75 bucks, but you don't even get a carry-on. If you're looking to be in New York in less than 17 days, book your flight with Spirit Airlines. All right, let's touch on our U.S. Open preview at Flushing Meadows in Queens, New York. Uh, we have a pretty strong pool. Annie Murray's back on the men's side. Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer all in action. Uh, and then on the women's side, they got the, the top seeds going at it. Serena Williams and Venus Williams both back in action. But, but Jake, who do you see from the men's side? Who do you think's going to, you know, does well on the hard court? Um, that could potentially be, you know, a U.S. Open crown champion in, in a couple of weeks here. Yeah, like you said, the U.S. Open coming up. Uh, all the heavy hitters are back in this one. Nadal with the one seed, Federer two seed, uh, Juan Martín del Potro with a three, and then we're looking at and Alexander Verev for the four seed. Um, I, I I don't want to go heavy favorites here, but in tennis, a lot of times you do see the the, the big dogs towards the end. Um, who I like out of the gate, Juan Martín del Potro. Um, kind of riding him off of uh, Wimbledon. He's got an easier route, not easier, but he's looking at his side of the bracket. He's got to go through John Isner. Um, he also has Andy Murray on his side and the Bulgarian Grigor Dimitrov. So he, he's he's got actually I retract that he's got more of he, he's got some hitters he's got to play against and, and some games he's got to win that are going to test him for sure. Um, I, I like his style of play, though, and I think he was left short of Wimbledon, so he's going to be hungry to get back into this one. Um, Evan, you going? Are you going the, the top dogs again in this one, or who do you like coming into this tournament? Yeah, I, I still really like Rafael Nadal. Um, I, I wish he would beat Djokovic last last major at Wimbledon, but yeah, I mean, just looking at who Nadal has on the top side of his bracket, you know, he's got Dominic Time, the um, the Austrian. Uh, he doesn't have, you know, that many more tough games until probably the quarterfinals. Kevin Anderson's a big hitter that he'll he'll meet up with likely or 
and then Juan Martin Del Potro if it gets to the semis. But yeah, it, it's I think his his side of the bracket is pretty favorable. I do like, however, Novak Djokovic. I think they're on a clash crash course collision to meet. I'm going to take Nadal and Djokovic to meet in the final. I, I I just think the way that Djokovic playing, that he's most likely going to take down Federer. Uh, when when Djokovic is healthy, he's got a major under his belt this year. He's pretty much unstoppable. He he's honestly unbelievable. I I see those two meeting in the finals. I'm not going to take my pick just this quite quite yet, just because there's still a lot of tournament to go and. And we'll touch on this next week in, in our podcast. But as of right now, I'm going to take Nadal and Djokovic to meet in the final. Yeah, the third seed, the, the third seed side of the bracket with uh, Verov is, is definitely a little lighter than the others. But I'm going to take sort of a dark horse pick here in Kevin Anderson. He would have to take down Nadal if they met in the quarters, which would definitely be his biggest. Uh, biggest bout in that side of the bracket outside of Batista and Shapovlov. So I, I'm going to take Anderson as kind of a dark horse pick for myself. I'm not the biggest tennis nut here, so it is very top heavy, like we said, but yeah, uh, Anderson, your, your regulars, Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, expect them all to be there at the end. Yeah, no, I think that's a good pick. This isn't necessarily a dark horse, but the guy's been out of it for a couple years now due to injury a year and a half but i'm going to take andy murray to surprise some people he's not ranked going into this uh he can make some noise he does have some tough matches that he's going to have to get through he'll have to get through juan martin del potro at some point uh Being and, three yeah and also you know he's got a couple ranked guys in in verdasco the spaniard and and Korch, the croatian but i mean just if he can get through del potro uh he, he'll basically have a pretty decent walk with, with you know, Dimitrov and Raonic and Isner that all you know fight each other to to meet up with him. But yeah, if he gets past Del Potro and, and if if his wrist holds up, then we could expect Andy Murray to, to make some noise in this tournament. But but let's kind of switch gears here to the women's side. Obviously, you know, Serena and Halep are, are some heavy hitters that could could easily take the tournament. Halep's coming off a win at the Wimbledon, but I'm gonna go with, with Sloan Stevens. I'm gonna go out there right now. Uh, she's a third-ranked girl in this match. Just the way the bracket's shaping up, uh, Svitolina, Svitolina is, you know, the Ukrainian. She could, you know, obviously test her a bit, but but I like the way Sloane Stevens has played, especially last year at the U.S. Open when she won it. So I, I'm going to take Sloane Stevens taking it on, on the women's side. Okay, I watched Venus Williams today. I didn't mind what I saw. Her going to take down Halep in the fourth round. Uh, that's my biggest upset on the women's side. Um, look for Sharapova to make a run, too. Uh, is going to have to take on the French woman and Garcia in the same round, round four. Um, Wozniak E is another big hitter there. My dark horse, I uh, watched her play a little bit today, is Venus Williams. Uh, she will have to take on her sister. If they meet, it's going to be in the, the third round. Um, so we're going to see that rivalry go head-to-head early on in this tournament. Um, I think the winner of the Serena Venus match is going to go on to the championship and give a test to either who is it Wozniacki or, or another one of the favorites on the top end um, of the bracket there. But I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say one of the Williams sisters will be in the, the championship for the U.S. Open. Both Americans, this is their tournament. Um, both been there before. And, and I'm going to take one of the Williams sisters. Okay. Uh, I got a dark horse here. In a way, she's a dark horse because a lot of the top-ranked women, we see a lot of them in the finals, and sometimes we'll see crazy upsets. But 
especially last, we saw a ton of upsets with the Wimbledon actually. But I like Pliskova, the, the, the Czech, the Czech native. Uh, she's an eight seed right now, but like the top side of the bracket, Serena Williams, Sloane Stevens, uh, Spitalina. There's just a lot of good tennis players, and and you know Halep, the one seed. It'll be tough for her, but if she can get through a couple of those matches. Uh, look for Pliskova to make some noise in, in the U.S. Open for the women. All right, Jake, let's move into one of our favorite segments on our show, the Locked Bets for all you betters out there, sports, gambling, whatever you want to call yourselves. Uh, this week, obviously, football is back. We're going to touch on the college football scene for our Locked Bets. For my first college football Locked Bet of this season, I'm actually going to take Auburn uh, against Washington. Not necessarily a home game, but it is one of those highlighted first week matchups. Uh, they're minus two uh, against Washington. It's at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, so more of a neutral site, but more of a home venue if if you're if you're Auburn for sure. And with those Pac-12 teams traveling, it's time zone different. It's tough. And Washington, obviously, clear clear favorite to win the Pac-12. One of them. Uh, Auburn's got a lot of veterans coming back, a lot of upperclassmen. And some studs, you know, with their incoming freshman class. Uh, but I, I see them cover, covering that minus two spread for sure. All right, Evan, I'm taking uh, for my first lock bet of the week. I'm taking Texas Tech over Mississippi Old Miss. Um, Bandwing the fuck out of them back in the day. I have an Old Miss snuggie, uh, but I'm going against the grain here. I'm taking Texas Tech minus two um, against Old Miss, riding behind Jet Duffy. Uh, could he be the next Patrick Mahomes? Maybe, possibly. Could he? He's I don't know. He's in a system for it. Um, they're saying that the Texas Tech team this year is going to be a lot like Washington State, um, just in the pure sense of they're going to produce this year. Um, they've been the last ten consecutive seasons have produced a top ten passing offense. I think Jet Duffy is next in line to do so um, behind Cliff Kingsbury's potent offensive scheme. Um, these guys. Offensive powerhouse in Texas Tech yeah, this he's year. One of the best offensive um, minds in college. He's ranked the top five quarterback in week one for college football. Um, Fantrax HQ is saying that anyone who plays quarterback for the Red Raiders is guaranteed 35 plus touchdowns and 4,000 passing yards. Um, so look for this guy out of Texas Tech to make some noise week one. Um, not a huge spread there, but I'm, I'm riding Texas Tech for my first pick. I like that. I like that. Uh, my second locked bet is actually going to be a little different route. Uh, obviously, we all know what's going on with Ohio State and the scandal surrounding Urban Meyer and, and just the shit show that it's been in, in Columbus. But I'm actually – Oregon State's projected to win two games this year, and Urban Meyer's not going to be on the sidelines for this. There's just so much turmoil going on in Columbus right now. Uh, Oregon State is at Ohio State. They have a 1.2% chance of winning this football game, but the spread is minus 39 and a half right now. And I'm taking the Beavers <laughs> to cover that. I, I don't that see pick. them getting routed, especially with everything that's going on. I know it's it's in Columbus at the shoe, but minus 39 and a half, that's insane. And, I mean, they're still a Pac-12 team. It's not like they're paying whatever, but they have nine true freshmen starting. And... This could go either way, but with just everything going around Ohio State right now and Urban Meyer, not even going to be you there. You never know. You just never know what's going on right now, and, and 39 and a half is generous, so I am actually going to take them to cover. 
that would be an absolute heartbreak for, for the Big Ten powerhouse in Ohio State. But I'm going to move into my second lock bet of the week. We touched on in our interview with Chuck, and I'm, I'm so confident in this. And it's more for the rivalry sake that I got with Charlie um, in the Notre Dame-Michigan game. Mm-hmm. Even money line, I'm taking Notre Dame at home against Michigan. Put your uh, money where your mouth is, baby. That's right. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's my second pick. All right, Ock. Now what our what our podcast is known for are dump and chases of the week. This week we are going with the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, stud Jimmy Butler. He's already voiced his opinion that he disgusting doesn't even want to be in Minnesota. He hates Carl Anthony Towns. He's it looks like he wants to team up elsewhere after the season. Could it be the Knicks? Whatever. Who gives a shit? Uh, Jimmy Butler. I used to like you. Not a big Jimmy Butler fan anymore, especially after the news that him and Iggy Azela had a meeting on Sunday, and it basically was a date. They went on a lunch date. Uh, there was a photographer that certainly believes that the two left a Malibu restaurant together after dining. Uh, I mean, there's speculation that they're kind of living near each other and are just friends, but it seemed like they were getting a little too close especially everything that's gone on with Iggy Zela, the Boogie Yeah, and she, I mean, she was dating Swaggy P, and then, you know, uh, the former D'Angelo Russell kind of ratted him out, and they ended up breaking up. But this is just something that the Timberwolves don't need. This is something that Jimmy Butler doesn't need right now, dating a high-profile celebrity, especially Iggy Zela. In Malibu, in California. This is such a bad already, look for the T-Pups. Already wants, is setting himself up to be a Laker next year. Yeah, it, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. Give fuck, us a chance. Fuck you, man. Give like, us a fair shake. Don't throw in the towel just yet. We got pieces to compete in in the tough Western Conference. It, it, you got to stay healthy. You, you proved that you don't stay healthy. Keep your head healthy, man. Yeah. And Iggy Azalea is not the kind of you're known as a you're known as a as a great two way player, shut down defensively, bucket housing player. Just don't do this. Throw some D on her, please. You know that that's a pun, but but throw some D on her and just <laughs> and just man. Unless we see hit more, her against the glass and 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 get that ball going hundred feet the other way. Like, come on, we are dumping and we are chasing on Jimmy Butler. And you know what? The guy's taken to the rack and Iggy Azalea. He's unless he shows some glimpse in 2018, 2019 that. You know, maybe the Wolves make a run, but fuck, man, the Western Conference is so knotted. Jimmy yeah. Butler's out to lunch with Iggy Azalea. I'm literally dumping. out to lunch on this take. Yeah. Out to lunch on Jimmy Butler, man. I'm yeah. dumping. We're dumping and chasing on this guy. Jimmy, get up and get on out. Yeah, it's it's we're done with you. But that wraps up another edition of the Dump and Chase podcast. Next week, we'll touch more on the U.S. Open. And we're going to give our full-fledged NFL regular season preview. Dark Horse teams, who's going to win each division, who's going to be MVP, comeback player of the year. You name it, we got it. We are out. Peace. In public, I just came to show love. You just let I showed up. Boy, respect your elder. I'm a fucking clone up. Phone them, told me go nuts. Run them, make for no number. No talking that they know what to play.